Any parents in the room ready for school to start? Any students ready for school to start? They're trying to get all their sleep in. They possibly can. But can y'all believe it? School starts in a week and a half. August is this Tuesday. Where has the time gone? I love to see the kiddos in here this morning. I gladly welcome a noisy kid field service. I do. Do y'all welcome that? I love it. I do, I do. I'm going to see where my people are this morning, see who's awake, who's not. Where are my people who love to hibernate at night? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're meaning by that. Who likes to sleep with it freezing cold? Some of you are like, turn the air all the way down. Let's put the ceiling fan on. Everything, yes. Some of you carry around a ceiling fan. You. Well, we love to sleep with the air extremely cold, but there's been this thing called inflation that's happened. You know what I'm talking about? So we went from setting the air in our house to 69, now to 71. How many of you sleep with the air below 70? Not many of you, what's going on? How many of you sleep with it around 71, 72-ish? Okay, how many of you sleep with it above that? No, don't do it, don't do it. But anyway, in our house, when we go to bed, we sleep with it on 71, judge me however you want to. But I love to hibernate, love to sleep cold. But maybe you have this rule in your house also, but the last person to leave the house is supposed to do what? Turn it back up, right? Well, Sunday morning sometimes can be very fun. Any parents relate to that? Yeah. Well, Sunday mornings, I am here before my wife gets here because she attends the second service. So whose job is it to turn up the air? Anyway, it was one Sunday, 10 church, after church, go out to eat. By the time we got back to the house, it was around 2.30 or 3 o'clock. I walk inside the house, and I'm seeing icicles on the mantle. There's a ice skating ring around the dining room table. My wife shortly walks in after me, and being the saint that I am, I said, when did Elsa move in? I didn't say that. I can't remember what I said. 
But I walked in upset that day and a little anger came out. Because those of you who know me, I'm frugal. I am frugal to the T. Most of the time we eat out, do anything. I have a coupon, I have something, right? I'll never forget the argument that maybe happened slash discussion that happened over me being angered over the air conditioning. Has that happened to anyone before? You ever gotten an argument? You ever gotten angry about anything? <laughs> so my question for you this morning is this. How's your fuse? How's your fuse? If you're taking notes, it's the title of my message, How's Your Fuse? And you know I'm gonna bring in a visual. Here's my visual. This dynamite that is fake. Kids in the room. It has a fuse to it. My question for you, how's your fuse? Do you have a long fuse or a short fuse? Because anger, I don't know if you know this or not, is a natural emotion that God has given each and every one of us. Most of you know that. But if you can remember this, if you fall asleep, here's maybe a statement that I want you all to remember. Anger is one letter short of danger. Anger is one letter short of danger. Anger can cause a lot of danger if we are not careful. See, it's how we handle our anger is what's going to put us in danger or not. How we handle it. How are you handling your anger this morning? Probably one of the toughest messages that I might preach because this is one of my biggest weaknesses. It is, I could have given you a million stories. Some of you could relate to that. But I could have given you more stories when it comes to me being angered over something. But this is what I've come to realize that if you don't deal with your anger, your anger is gonna deal with you. If you don't deal with your anger, your anger is gonna deal with you. And I'll be transparent for a second. I've been more angry this summer than maybe I've been in a long time. This summer has caused a lot of anger to come up in me. How are we gonna deal with that? Because being angry is not a sin. Being angry is not a sin, but it can lead to sin. That's what you need to understand. When you get angry, natural emotion that God has given you, but what you deal with that anger is what could lead to sin. How do I know this? I'm not just coming up with this on the top of my head. 
This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, 26 through 27. Here it is. Be angry. Tell your neighbor, be angry. Some of you are like, I ain't telling them to do that. It says, be angry. You're going to get angry. Yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That's why I've been up since Monday. <laughs> Here's why it's such a huge deal. Verse 27, here it is. And do not give the devil an opportunity. Some translations say, do not give the enemy a foothold. I don't know if you're like me, if you had a brother or a sibling growing up, but I'll never forget hearing the story of someone who had a sibling growing up that he would mess with his sibling, he would aggravate him, and then he would run away from him, run to his room really, really quickly, and then slam the door and then lock it so his sibling couldn't get to him. Any of you kids ever done that? Some of you are like, yeah, that was me. But see, the other sibling knew, was chasing him fast enough, and got his foot in the crack of the door, he could get to him. See, some of you are giving the enemy a foothold, a crack in your life because of the anger that you're holding on to. Because that's what happens when we hold on to our anger. We give the enemy a foothold. And that's all he needs. All he needs is something really small, a crack. That's how he works. He starts, it's like a snowball effect, sin. Starts small and this snowballs into something bigger. I don't know if y'all know this, but anger is mentioned over 200 times in the Bible. Over 200 times. And you know where it's found also that we've been going through this summer? Where? I thought y'all were going to say Psalms. In the book of Proverbs, we've been reading the book of Proverbs over the last two months. And there is nine instances of where anger occurs. Some of you are like, Hux, I have this righteous anger that Jesus had. Because Jesus had this righteous anger in the Bible where he flipped over some tables, right? And yes, there is a righteous anger. There are some things that should make us upset and we should get angry about because they're dishonoring God and his word. Like topics like abortion, that should get us angry, right, and get us upset. Things like that are happening at Target, like that should get us upset, right? See, righteous anger leads to righteous living. It does. But if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs. One of the first Proverbs that I'm going to open up with is going to be in chapter 29, so you can flip there. But as you're flipping in your Bibles or opening up your Bible app, this is what I want to kind of let you know. Is anger is an identity issue before it's an activity issue. 
Anger, first and foremost, is a identity issue before it's an activity issue. Some of you are like, what do you mean by that? Well, our hope here at Heritage is that you would have an encounter with Jesus who would change your heart, change your identity, that you would go from being lost to found, that you would experience this love of God because loved people love people. But some of you have never had an encounter with the love of Jesus, therefore I cannot expect you to respond in love to someone. You're gonna respond in anger because that's what's inside you and Jesus has to change what's inside you in order for you to respond in a godly manner. So maybe the question you need to ask those of you who are still awake is, what is your identity in? Is it in Jesus? But the first point I wanna make this morning is we must be wise to stay away from anger. Are we being wise to stay away from anger? In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22, it says, a angry man stirs up dissension. An angry man stirs up strife. Angry people are gonna stir up something that's not pleasant. A hot-tempered one commits many sins, abounds in transgressions. A hot-tempered person is going to cause a lot of damage. Because a hot-tempered person has a short what? I wanna illustrate it. My kid's still in the room. Y'all still awake, kids? Yes? Y'all getting nervous? Yeah? I wanna demonstrate something for you. Can I demonstrate something? Do I have your attention? Yes? Can y'all tell me what this is? It's a firecracker. This is what kept me up during July 4th, July 5th, July 3rd. Some of you can relate. Last night, yep. One has a long fuse, one has a short fuse. A hot-tempered person has a short fuse that can do what? Explode can explode. It can explode very quickly too, right? Some people are glad that they, they sat on the front row this morning. They are. Are y'all ready? This is what happens. I can't hear out of my left ear right now. But a hot-tempered person is going to stir up something, aren't they? They're going to stir up strife. Maybe the first question to ask is, who are you hanging around? Who are you hanging around? Some of you have already moving seats right now. That's not what I meant. 
But who are you hanging around because a hot-tempered person's going to stir up dissension, going to stir up strife? They're going to commit a lot of sins. I don't know if you want to be in the middle of all of that. You don't want to be around someone who has a short fuse. How are you separating yourself from angry triggers? Many of you know what triggers you. Some of you don't need to turn on the news because you know that's going to trigger you. It's going to get you all hot and bothered. Some of you are hanging around things that are easily triggering you and it is getting you really upset. Can you think for a second of how you can apply God's word this morning to separate yourself from some things that are just going to cause you to get angry? If you go over to Proverbs chapter 22, if you still have your Bibles open, haven't shut them. Verse 24 of Proverbs chapter 22 says, don't make friends with a hot-tempered man. Don't even make friends with him. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. See, many of you know you hang around someone long enough, you're going to catch what they do. You know, I had a mom who preached to me 24-7, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And a lot of you know that to be true. But some of you are triggered maybe even by social media. You know those people who will say things on social media and it'll get you triggered. See, it was really hard for us during the COVID time. It's been really hard for us over a lot of issues, and it's gotten us triggered. Did you know, according to Barna, that right now people are more angry than they've ever been? Because we get angry over a lot of issues. I don't know if you know that. And I think what people want to see, they don't want to see angry people. They want to see people who love Jesus. We want to be known for how we love one another, not how we get angry with one another. But we know anger is contagious. It's contagious. So what are you around right now that you keep catching that you are so close to danger? Because when you get angry, they get angry. Any of y'all have kids? Some of y'all are like, yes. You ever get angry at your kid? You ever notice how they catch on to your anger? You want to know it's so, so important, so crucial of why we control our anger and why we have a long fuse? Because they get angry too. Proverbs 15 verse 18 says this.
says, a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. So you're either a fire starter or a fire stopper. Which one are you? Because you can either calm it or you can start it. Which one is it? The second thing we need to understand, we must be wise in how we release our anger. Because anger has to be released. I don't know if you know that, but anger has to be released. Because if anger is not released, anger turns into unforgiveness. Anger turns into bitterness. Like, anger's got to go somewhere. We just can't keep storing it up inside because we're eventually going to what? Explode. Someone's going to catch our anger. And if you drive... How you doing when it comes to releasing your anger when you're driving? Some of you get it all out, don't you? I am one of those people, my wife can tell you, I'm slow to use the horn. I need to use the horn more. But some of you are like, I don't use the horn. I use hand gestures. I don't do that, okay? <laughs> But let me ask you, where are you releasing your anger? Because you know what I'm guilty of? Releasing my anger out on my spouse. I think a lot of times our anger gets released on people closest to us when they don't deserve it at all. Let me ask you, are you releasing your anger to Jesus? Are you? One of the best ways that we can deal with our anger is releasing it to Jesus. Two questions that I ask myself when I'm like overstressed and I get easily angered is have I had my time with Jesus and have I worked out? Men, one of the biggest things that we need as a great stress reliever is sometimes to work out on top of our time with Jesus. And whenever I'm like stressed or I get easily angered with Chrissy, she asked me, hey, have you had time with Jesus? And then, hey, why don't you go for a walk? But how are you releasing that anger? Where are you taking it? Because what I don't want is to release my anger out on my kids. Because I want them to have, because a lot of times, I don't know if you know this, parents, but the picture they get of their heavenly father oftentimes comes from their earthly father, and I don't want them to view their earthly father in a way of, man, my dad's always mad at me, therefore God must be mad and upset with me. Like, are they getting a good picture of their heavenly father? Are they? Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11, why it's so key for us and how we release it. This is what it says. It says a fool gives vent to their anger, or a fool always loses his temper, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Do we have this controlled anger, or are we just releasing it? See, we can be angry about the right thing, but express it in the wrong way. We can. Which leads me to my next point. We must be wise 
in the words we use in our anger. We must be wise with how we word things in our anger. See, words can either diffuse or fuel anger. They can either fuel it or diffuse it. See, a lot of times, many of y'all know it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. I'm just telling you, I'm not the best at this. I'm not. Need a lot of practice. Proverbs 15, verse 1, says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. See, what I didn't know that morning that I got all upset and bent out of shape about the AC was I didn't know what a glorious morning it had been as my wife gets the three girls ready and brings them to church on Sunday mornings while I'm here. Thankful for a wife that makes church a priority, who gets the kids up when I'm not there, gets the three girls ready, brings them to church. What I did not know is it was mass chaos before she left the house. And I wasn't understanding. See, I didn't give her the benefit of the doubt. I didn't assume that, man, she must have really had just a tough morning. It must have been crazy in the house before she left. And I know she had every intention of bumping the air up. But when it's all said and done, what's most important is kids, not things, right? Kids, not money. People, not money. And if I could have applied what I tell even a lot of people all the time is love always assumes the best about someone. Love always assumes the best about someone. Like how could I have lovingly said, man, let me assume the best about her right now. I came home a little bit upset. I could have said, man, how can I assume the best about Chrissy? Man, let me just assume the best right now in this moment that it was mass chaos before she left. There's a reason why. See, many of you know the love chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, love is not easily angered. That's why love assumes the best about someone because love is not easily angered. See, a gentle word is like water that can put out the fires of anger. And what we need to understand is we need to attack the problem, not the person. We need to attack the problem, not the person. How often do we attack the person when a problem's happening when we need to attack the problem? And here's my last point. We need to be wise to be slow to anger. We either have a short fuse or a long fuse. That word to be slow to anger is to have a long fuse. We either quick-tempered or slow to get angry. Are we going to get slow to get angry? 
Are we? Maybe you can remember this, it's not on the screen, but you can't lose with a long fuse. You can't lose with a long fuse. Can't lose. You're going to be slow to become angry. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29 says, A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. I even know some people, when they're upset about something, they have a 24-hour rule before they even respond to them. What I mean by that is like through text. Someone texts you something that's really angers you, you're about to say something you don't want to say, they wait 24 hours to respond. But here's a verse, been in Proverbs, but here's a verse, the brother of Jesus, who saw Jesus get angry, but also saw Jesus control his anger. This is what the brother of Jesus said in James chapter 1, 19 to 20. He says, this you know, my beloved brethren, Everyone must be quick to hear or quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Verse 20, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. One of the things that I pray daily is, God, allow me to be quick to listen, slow to speak, Slow to become angry. God, allow me to be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Quick to listen. Are we quick to listen? Are we quick to speak? Quick to listen. Slow to speak. It doesn't say don't speak. It says be slow to speak. Because you know what I've been guilty of too in our marriage that maybe some of y'all do also is this thing called the silent treatment. And that gets you nowhere. I'm just gonna be silent. I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm gonna give them the silent treatment. They'll know I'm mad and they'll talk to me eventually. No, no, no. It doesn't say don't speak. It doesn't say be quick to listen. Don't speak and slow to become angry. It says be quick to listen, slow to speak. But how many times we're like, hey, we're gonna give them the silent treatment. I'm not gonna talk to them. Are we slow to speak when it comes to social media? College football season's about to start. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm guilty of, man, I wanna be quick to speak and defend my team, defend different stuff that's so petty, right? So now I, majority of the time, I take the wisdom and I don't speak on those issues. That is wisdom. But here's one of the biggest things you need to ask yourself this morning. What you're getting angry over, is it worth getting angry over? You know, our life is a vapor, our life is a mist. We're here one day, we're gone tomorrow. And there's a lot of stuff that sometimes we get angry about that is it really worth getting angry about? Was it really worth me getting so upset about the AC? Was it really worth it? Was it really worth me causing a fight? Was it really worth me getting hot-tempered over the AC when there's bigger issues in life? 
But when it's all said and done, why do we need to be wise to be slow to become angry? Because we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? And you know what Jesus was? Let's read about it. In Psalm 103, verse 8, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious. Here it is. Slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. That's who Jesus is. Do you get it? That he was slow to become angry with you? That he easily could have struck each and every one of us with lightning with his anger. But many of you, he's given you grace and mercy each and every day. And many of you know he's been slow to become angry with you. When he has every right to be quick to become angry with you. Because some of you are still not getting it. Time and time again, he needs to be slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. See, if Jesus was slow to become angry, shouldn't we? That's who we're supposed to model. But I just want to end with this last point. Let's treat others the way God treats us. Can we treat others the way God treats us? Can we realize that Anger is one letter short of danger. Can we be careful in how we release our anger? Can we be careful not to hang around the wrong people that are going to be that we're going to get easily ensnared in? Can we use the right words? Can we be slow to become angry? No matter what might be going on in our lives because we want to look and act like Jesus. Imagine in our marriages, our parenting, just life in general, if we had a long fuse, not a short fuse. Let's pray.